We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And I want to go ahead and say this. I want to get rid of the term generational, and I want to start a new one. Statue builder. 40, 50 years from now, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. could have a statue built outside of the stadium of the team that drafts him. That's how confident I am in this prospect. He's the best player in the draft to me, regardless of position. He brings everything that you want to the table. And what was most great, or the greatest thing about Marvin Harrison Jr. this year is that he still put up great numbers despite subpar quarterback play. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best player in the draft. Jordan Reed, I like that. Stop saying generational, start saying statue builders. He'll get a statue. Statue worthy. Yeah. I like it. Jeremy and Joe, good morning. Marvin Harrison Jr. Thought to be the number one receiver that's going to go off the board when the draft comes. How many yep. days until the draft? 72 days? 70. Sorry. 70. We got to update our board. Updated, yeah. 70 days until the draft. Is that a lot or is that not a lot? It's a lot. Yeah? A lot can happen in 70 days. Yeah. Here's a lot. Here's what can happen. We have like the combine and free agency, and like there's a lot of stuff even for football. So before that, all that. Spotrek just sent out moments ago the upcoming NFL offseason dates. We got the combine, which is the 27th, I believe. Mm -hmm. The franchise and transition tag window opens in five days. That's when T. Higgins is likely to get a franchise tag. We're going to talk with Joe Goodbury coming up out of the hour on what the Bengals are going to do with T. Higgins. So franchise tag window opens on the 20th. Free agency begins on the 14th, but the legal tampering period begins on the 11th. We're, do, we're doing. Period, I know. Man. We're still sitting here with legal tampering period, Joe. Yeah. Just makes no sense. <laughs> right. Whatsoever. The 11th to the 13th, legal tampering. The 14th, the league year begins and free agency. So there you go. On Marvin Harrison Jr., and on our Twitter poll that we've got up here, we've got a Twitter poll up about whether if you want the Bills to trade up, really. Not. All the way to Marvin Harrison Jr. territory, but you know, mid-teens, late teens, costs about a second-round pick. It's the kind of it's a time of year where you open up a draft value chart, and what do you want to say here? It's like it's sobering. Oof. All right, Bills are at twenty-eight. What would it take? What would the second-round pick get you? Oh, a second-round pick would get you to a seventeenth. Okay, that's mm-hmm. not that's not that high. What if I added a third-round pick in there? Hmm? The Bills have. The 99th pick. If I had a third-round pick, I could go from 17 to uh, 15. You could trade your first, second, and third and move to 15th on the value chart. I understand the value chart is not you know, locked in. Right. It's parameters, maybe for teams and people to kind of get an idea of it. But I don't consider the Marvin Harrison Jr. idea 
at all. I I don't either. The even if you traded your future first round pick, the it doesn't always right. You mentioned like doesn't always work to the tune of exactly what the chart says. How far the Chiefs traded a future first round pick? How far did they go up? They went from twenty seven, which is where Tre'Davious White was picked, to, to pick Mahomes 10. at ten to ten. So you didn't get it inside inside the top ten, and. The Saints did this similar trade where they went from like 27 or 28 to 14 to draft Marcus Davenport a couple of years ago. And that cost them a future first-round pick yeah. to go up 13 spots. So, right. And for Harrison, you got to get up to like four. Th- four? Three, four. I just don't think it's any... It, well, here's... It's, uh, it's, let's, less, it's less realistic than trading digs. Yes, I agree with that. Let's, let's real quick ask this question. What positions is it worth doing that for? And consider who you are, because not every team is the same. Would you trade a future first to move up for a quarterback? Definitely. That's definitely worth it. The return on that, if you hit it, is right. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what the Chiefs did for Mahomes. Yep. Would you trade a future first to move up for a guard? No. You'd be insane. You'd be out of your mind. (laughs) For a tackle. Some teams might. I wouldn't think you should ever do that. No. Should the Bills entertain it as an idea anymore because they have Josh Allen? And the comparison here, the right one is the Julio Jones trade. Right? Mm -hmm. The Falcons gave up a future first and went all the way up to take Julio Jones. I think they went from the 20s to number 6. Which is kind of similar to... Harrison, I guess, right? Like, because Jones going into that draft class was like, this dude's going to be unbelievable. You can't, you won't believe how good he's going to be. Yeah. Surefire, you know, number one receiver right away, and all that, all that ended up being completely true. Yeah. How far did the Falcons go, though? They picked him sixth. Um, they traded with Cleveland, who dropped back all the 26. way to 26. So it was a future first to move up from 26 to six. For Julio Jones. Worth it? Yeah. It was worth it. It was worth it. They paired him with Matt Ryan. They, the, the idea was, we've got this quarterback, and he's going to play with this receiver for however many years. So you yeah. you almost wonder if you know, you've know you got your, your smart ideas, like this, trust the process, we're going to do this and this and this, and we're going to be smart about this, but... If a team were to be willing to move down from 6 to 26 and the Bills could get Malik Neighbors or Roma Dunze, if they like one of those two enough, and say, listen, we have Josh Allen in his prime. Mm-hmm. Should we do whatever it takes to get the best receiver possible to be someone to pair with Diggs for now? And then let's be real about this for a moment. If we can Imagine they did this and they have a Dunze and he has a great rookie season. Mm-hmm. Every single person that considers the idea of the post-Diggs Bills can now make it make sense. Right now, you can't make it make sense. The idea of dumping Diggs, trading Diggs, right. what are you going to do? You've got nothing. And if you draft a receiver in the top 10, again, like not saying this is the smartest thing to do, but if you did it, it would be, all right, well, I've got my number one receiver for Allen for the next however many years. And look at how well that has gone for these last three years. Yeah. To have the guy for him. I did not know this Julio Jones example really existed for this. Do you know what their record was the year before they did that? So they moved down, but it was 27. They moved down, they moved up from 27 up to 6. Their record was 13-3. and 
They were 13-3 and with Matt Ryan at quarterback. And, by the way, if you want your Diggs comparable, they had Roddy White, who, if you remember him, how good was he? The year before, he was really good. The year they traded up, the year right before they traded up to get Julio Jones, this was Roddy White's stat line. 179 targets, 115 receptions, 1,389 yards, and 10 touchdowns. And they traded up for a receiver. Yeah. He was 30 years old. And they traded from 27 to 6. They gave up their first round pick, their future first round pick, a second round pick, and a fourth round pick. Wow. And that wh- is and, that. That is the Marvin Harrison trade. And what did they do with it? They built the best offense to never win a Super Bowl because they got there with a twenty-eight to three lead and blew it. Yeah. That Falcons yeah. team was one of the best offenses ever. Kyle Shanahan ran it. Matt Ryan pulling the trigger. Man, that is such a that's such a bold move. Yeah, I can't believe they did that. I didn't know they were that good, and that's how far they went. Twenty-two picks. AJ Green went earlier, so maybe this is more like a Malik Neighbors trade. AJ Green went fourth or third. That year, yeah, and then Julio went a couple picks after that. So they and, got the second receiver in the draft, a thir- but, a, but a superstar and, receiver. A thirteen and three team walked in and said, "We're going to get better at receiver." Yeah, despite the fact we already have this all pro guy yeah. that's already on the roster. Eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. If you want to join us on any of this, you know, throwing around ideas at receiver like we do most days. T. Higgins, likely to get franchise tagged. We'll talk with Joe Goodbury, uh, who covers the Bengals, coming up in about 15, 20 minutes. Pete in South Buffalo is up. Hey, Pete, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you doing today? Morning, good. good. Hey, just want to call real quick. Um, I I know you haven't really touched on it lately, but um, I've really been thinking a lot about the uh, situation in Kansas City. And, and Jeremy, I know my my son is two years old. He's right around the same age as your twins. and, And recently he asked me, he's been more interested in the Bills, hey, when can I go to a game I really want to go, and I've been telling him, hey, we'll go to a preseason game. This was you know, several weeks ago. We'll do that. But, you know, I think the more I've been thinking about the state of the security of the league and the Bills' new stadium, you know, it's really getting me thinking about, you know, is it the best place for him to be? Um, transparently, you know, I think myself specifically, and maybe you and others can, can attest to this, there's been a lot of congestion issues at Buffalo Bills games at Gates. Um, Recently, January 28th, at the at the um, Baltimore Ravens game versus Kansas City, there was a drone that was flown into the stadium, which stopped play, which I find very concerning. Um, and I guess I don't have a solution necessarily. I don't know if the Bills do or if the NFL does as a whole, but I guess my point is I work in safety specifically, and I guess I just want to take the time to just, first of all, to say situational awareness is so important. You know, people need to understand what they're doing, where they are at all times, and how to respond in situations. And... Um, like I said, as I bring this back to my, my son's comment about going to a game, I'm really trying to myself wrap that around my brain and into how I can do that in a way where I feel comfortable but yet want him to explore and, and take in the excitement of an NFL game. But I guess I, I don't have a solution, I guess. But I just want to just propose that to you guys or what your thoughts were yeah. on maybe the yeah. state of the security with the Bills Stadium as we kind of – move into a new day with uh, such a terrible situation that's occurred in Kansas City. Yeah, thanks, Pete. There's a, there's, there's a lot of good offshoots of this conversation about stadium security and safety. And, you know, I, I think your point about crowd congestion where people are. You, If you live in this country, you know you can get shot anywhere. It's just reality. You can get shot anywhere, except in a plane, where they don't allow any guns on the planes. Mm-hmm. But you get pretty much shot anywhere and just caught up in a mass shooting anywhere. And it's, of course, 
a national embarrassment. But for the Bills and for the NFL, to your, to your point, it's probably a topic we don't get to enough when asking about the new stadium, right? What do we ask? How many seats are covered? What's the PSL prices? Yesterday, uh, and, and a piece at our website about season ticket prices, you've got that the highest seat in the stadium, the last row is 54 feet closer to the field than the current stadium. Again, like your game-watching experience. But there's definitely a good conversation to be had about safety and congestion in places and too many people outside of one gate. You get like 4,000 people in line outside of one gate. And from a security standpoint, you know, if you were going to try and bring a firearm into the stadium, that's much more difficult than just standing on Abbott Road. All right. Now, the Bills have extensive security, and you walk into the stadium, you're going to walk by you can see it. SWAT teams yeah. or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm sorry for not getting the actual terms of the, the, the firearms and squads and all, who's ready to defend in a situation where something goes south. Um, but I think back to, I went to the most secure stadium I've ever felt like I've gone to. It was in London. When I went to see Arsenal, the Emirates, mm-hmm. the, the, the turnstile system, the way you walk through, it was like a full-body, singular turnstile. You were walking through one person at a time. Mm-hmm. And that, I don't know if that's because they, in, in the history of the Premier League, they've had issues with stampedes and people yeah. crushed Crush, in Liverpool. Crushing, Nin- yeah. 96 people die in a crush of sta- uh, of just people yes, up people. against a fence because people from the back. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of different things to take into account. And if I'm remembering correctly, one thing about the new stadium that will be different from the current stadium is that there will be, I want to say like an atri- an outdoor atrium. There's probably a better term for this. The, like the footprint of the stadium. Here's the actual bowl that exists. Now expand that out further and further and further. Maybe there's a security zone where you can, a secure area, you can mm-hmm. go in without tickets and socialize and walk around and maybe are there restaurants or spots to just hang out, you know, the giant buffaloes. Mm-hmm. So those are answers that we probably have to get going forward about the new stadium, Pete, about what security measures are in place. Yeah. Because, you know, the uh, the, the status quo in the country doesn't seem to be going to change anytime soon. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, the, the scene in Kansas City yesterday is terrible. It, was it was it 11 children? 11 children. 11 children wounded by gunshots. Yep. Luckily, and maybe even amazingly, they're all, n- none of which are in critical condition. Yeah. But, like, right. 11 of 22 were children. Mm-hmm. On the anniversary of the Parkland shooting in Florida? Didn't know that, but not surprising. There was one television station that had a... Uh, someone on to talk about the anniversary of a mass shooting and they broke in to talk about a mass shooting. Good stuff. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 803-0550. Thanks, Pete, for the for the call and the concern and, you know, happy to entertain. I'm sure the Bills, it's NFL standard practices about keeping their fans safe. You know, you could make that point for NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball, anywhere that people converge, anywhere that lots of people get together. I mean, a parade like that. That's what, Right, that's right. a parade. Yeah. That's Any a parade. parade. And there's a heavy police presence at that parade. Yep. And, you know, 803-0550. Vance is up next in Arizona. Hey, Vance. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yep. Go ahead, man. Uh, so, 
I want to answer your guys' Twitter question. Uh, I'm all on the uh, the wide receiver train, and I want to go big. I don't want to swing and miss again. So trade the second. We can find some some pieces down the way for uh, for the D line, and it's no secret to anybody that we're in a scoring league. We need to score with the best of them. I have uh, one more quick point on a digs thing, and I'd like to hear what you guys have to say. And that's uh, maybe we find a suitor that really wants digs. We free up that cap space, and uh, we recoup some picks and some assets in the trade, but we free up his cap space and also have the ability to sign another helping piece. Well, there is really no ability to free up cap space by sending him away. No, nope. you do not free up any space. You just take you. You just pay you for take, it. You take more. Yeah. So okay, um, even if we found a team that was willing to take on his salary, well, you yeah, need yeah, that too. Yeah, you need they, that they, too. They would do that, and then I mean, the, the the thing about the the idea of a digs trade is I can't I can't find anybody to make it make sense for anybody. He's an expensive receiver, and I still think he's going to be very good. So even if I'm a team that wanted him. Okay, I'll take them, and I'll take that cap hit because I've got the room, but I'm certainly not going to give you a premium asset to do so. Right, and even if you do, Vance, like you need a team to accept, okay, i got to pay him $18 million in guaranteed salary this year. After you do that, the Bills have to still take $30 million in dead cap. Like you don't, you don't clear it out just because the other team's taking money too. Oh, okay, I didn't understand it that way. So thank you guys for clearing that up for me, and uh, hopefully we get Troy Franklin. That's my advice. <laughs> Thanks, Vance. I, I saw... Thanks, Vance. I saw Pro Football Focus tweeted out that the most mocked player to the Bills. Now, this would be in people using the mock draft function of Pro Football yes, Focus, the simulator. The, yeah. the most, the number one most mocked player to the Bills that Bills players are selecting is Troy Franklin out of Oregon. Yep. Really, the the dig the day they signed the extension for Stephon Diggs, the day he was locked in. Which is a commitment, by the way, for both sides. Yeah. You have to remember that. Diggs, if he was so desperate, or if you really thought he had it in his mind as recently as two years ago, I think it's less than two years ago he signed that extension. If he really wanted out, he could he could have done it. He could have just not signed that extension. He could have played one more year, making whatever it was, like $15 million a year, and he would have had tons of flexibility. And the Bills would have had tons of flexibility. They both signed up to be together for pretty much the rest of his his prime. So, like, that's why the financials are so tough. He, they're not getting a first-round pick. They're not getting the Justin Jefferson trade or the Tyreek Hill trade. No. I don't even know if you would want them to. But if you did, it's not, it's just... Again, I'd need to find somebody to come at me with a way that that works out, and I still have not seen it. 8030550. Thanks, fans, for the phone call. John Bouchergross has just tweeted, or he tweeted yesterday, I had not seen that. Maybe you'd seen this already. The Blue Jackets and the Red Wings are going to play at the Horseshoe? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I didn't. In a uh, stadium series game. Not the Winter Classic, but it's going to be a stadium series game. March 1st. Yeah. That, 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 had, to, that had to happen. Of the iconic stadiums in North America that the NHL has not been to yet, that was probably top of the list. Yeah. They've been to even like Lambeau now, I think. So they've been pretty much everywhere. But what's the most iconic stadium that they have not yet hit? 
They've been to Fenway like five times, it feels like. They've been to Yankee Stadium. They've Soldier been Field. to Soldier Field. They've been to Wrigley. Yep, they've been to Michigan Stadium. Yep. That was maybe the best one. That I, I, Just uh, aesthetically, that looked awesome. Um, Lake Tahoe was pretty great when they did the outdoor Lake one. Lake Tahoe was really it, cool. It was awesome. I kind of hope they would do that again. Yeah. Even though they only did that one maybe because of you know the COVID, the COVID situation. Um, they haven't been to the new Bill Stadium yet. They haven't had an opportunity to. The next one. Uh, Anfield. Just go to Liverpool. That would be go to cool. St. Bernabeu. That's right. That's where uh, NFL's going there. Cool. Where uh, Real Madrid plays. NFL's going there. They are? Yeah, 2025. For a regular season game? Did I miss that? They're going to Spain? Yeah, 2025. And the you might have missed that. Oh. And all I mean, signs, they were going to Brazil. All signs point to it being Miami. That'll go. To Spain? Yep. 803-0550. On some wide receiver stuff. T. Higgins, what's the plan for the Bengals and T. Higgins? The thought is he'll be franchise tagged. Franchise tag window opens in five days. Of course, you'd have to sign that. Uh, we'll talk about it with Joe Goodbury coming up, checking in on the Bengals, who, of course, had a lost season when losing Joe Burrow. So what the Bengals' plan is, and um, that's, of course, beyond just T. Higgins. That's coming up here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You need to create explosive plays. All aboard! Hey, good morning. Jeremy and Joe on WGR as we shift gears a little bit. Franchise tag deadline, or not deadline, window opens, I should say. Franchise tag window opens on the 20th, and there are some receivers that could be seeing the franchise tag from their respective teams. Michael Pittman Jr., maybe Mike Evans, T. Higgins as well. These are three of the big-name free agent wide receivers and joining us on the Western hotline is Joe Goodbury. He does Bengals on the brain on YouTube and uh, has talked Bengals with us many times over the years. Joe, good morning. Good morning, boys. So T Higgins franchise tag is that, would you lock that in? You think that is uh that is expected for, for T? Yeah, the, I would do that. And uh, I would, I would say that's the expectation for the last couple of years, ever since the uh, last year's, at the combine, go get, go find your own T. Higgins from Duke Tobin. When the rumors were starting to pop up that the Bengals could uh, be interested, or maybe could T. Higgins could be had for a pick, uh, he came out and quickly said, "No, this is, we're not interested in making anyone else better. Go find your own T. Higgins." <laughs> at that point, it was like, "Yeah, they're going to hold on to him as long as possible." And I never expected a deal to get done, so this was always the option for him in 2024. 25 years old, second round pick, top of the second round. And 
You know, Joe, there's long been a, well, the, the Bengals can't keep Burrow, Higgins, and Chase. And Boyd's a free agent as well. He's more likely to leave, it would seem. Can they keep all three, Burrow, Higgins, and Chase, if they decide to? They can if that's what they decide. And it, it's the problem with it is do you want to do that? Do you want to spend that much of your cap space uh, on three players. And this year, it, even with the tag, it's going to be 24% of your total cap space with the carryover money and everything else uh, that the Bengals brought from 2023. 24% of your cap on three guys is a lot. It's a hefty price, and that's before Jamar Chase would even get an extension. That total number could go up to 30 35%, even up to 38 in the later years if they get the money we expect them all to get. I just don't think it's an option overall because the agent for T. Higgins is David Mogoletta. Same agent as Jesse Bates. This is a very similar situation. The Bengals are struggling to negotiate with him, and how the Bengals typically structure contracts is not a contract his clients are interested in, which basically means that the Bengals, hey, we're not going to guarantee anything past the first year. We're going to give you a huge signing bonus in the first year, and we're not going to cut you. They, no one ever cuts your free agent after two years anyway, but we're not going to actively uh, guarantee mm-hmm. it. It's going to be an effective guarantee. And his clients are like, no, thank you. We don't want that. Why would we do that when we can go into free agency and get $45, 60000000 million guaranteed for T. Higgins? And I get it from both perspectives. The Bengals don't want to do it because Higgins has had his injury issues. He's played about 65% of the total snaps in his four years in Cincinnati. Uh, I think they want to protect themselves a little bit. And, of course, he's going to get paid if he ever did at the open market because he's a 25-year-old uh, receiver that's had 1,000 yards three out of of the four years. So I think uh, it both sides are at an impasse, and it's not going to be a thing that we really have to worry about if, if you can keep all three guys for the long term. Do you think, like, I think of the Steelers for this a little bit too. There was a way they would not do contracts that yep. finally they, they changed for T.J. Watt. Like, there was one guy that finally, like, okay, if we're going to do business in today's NFL, maybe like this is our breaking point. And I don't know, like, do you think... The Bengals could sh- might change the way they do things, like you're talking about, just because of Burrow. Even like I don't want to say he is, you know, Rogers with the the puppet strings on like all the moves, but I don't know. Like I would want to think that he has some influence over how they're going to do things going forward. Yeah, that is the the little bit of like I don't know what this team is going to do. And like normally, I feel very confident in in how they operate, but. With Burrow, they did have to change. They did guarantee future years and have rolling guarantees every year that activate and you know give them a $30 million signing bonus every single year, kind of like the Mahomes deal. Uh, so they did structure differently for Burrow, as expected. He's a quarterback, franchise quarterback. We always, we always expected they would do it differently for him, and we expect them to do it differently for Jamar Chase as well. It just seems like they draw a line between their elite players and their next-tier guys, and that's where the, the impasse happens because – these second-tier guys will get paid by the Jaguars in free agency like an elite player, right? So, like, why would that player accept anything less than an elite contract? Uh, I don't know. I do think that Burrow wants to keep Higgins. He wants to keep as many of these core pieces together that they were drafted together. And I could see him saying, hey, listen, let's get it done. Whatever has to happen, get it done. And even talking to T. Higgins as well, because there was a time when the T.J. Watt deal, if you remember, he had to go into that room eventually and say, hey, get the deal done. I'm tired of uh, of arguing over you know guarantees here and there, and they eventually found the uh, uh, common ground. Mm-hmm. I think something like that could happen, but maybe that's just fan fiction 
you know, wishful thinking on, on my part. But, yeah, I do think there is an element of unknown with Burrow. Joe Goodbury has been covering the Bengals for quite a long time. Bengals on the Brain on YouTube. With the Bengals this season, Joe, is it just a uh, bleep happens, right? Like right back on track next year to start the year, considering themselves a, a contender for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think that's how we'd like to look at it. The, the only other thing is that the defense was really bad this year for the first time. Well, first time in the last few years. It was reminiscent of the first year Lou Anarumo and Zach Taylor were here, and they had a transition period of trying to get the right guys in the in the building to run Anarumo's scheme, which is very versatile. They, they, they can be a 3-4, a 4-3. They can be a heavy blitz and zone team. They can be a heavy man team. They'll switch it. On you know uh, on any third down to be a completely different defense. I'll switch it at halftime to be a completely different defense, and that has worked the last two years when they were really good. This year, losing both safeties with Jesse Bates and Von Bell, going with young guys at those at those positions and new guys, it it really hampered what they could do on defense. They ended up leading the league in explosive play rate on that side, and that's that that's not what you want to do. So. Um, I do think there is some of, even if Burrow was healthy, that defense may have let them down, unless it would have continued to get better and would have solidified itself by the time playoffs uh, came around. But there is some work to do over there on, on you know, for 2024, not just Higgins and Boyd being free agents, but Jonah Williams is starting right tackle. And, and really the only carryover offensive lineman from the Super Bowl year in 2021, uh, DJ Reader at nose tackle, one of the best nose tackles on the league. He's a free agent. So they do have some work to do, and they do have some areas of need. How big a loss will Tyler Boyd be if he ends up walking away? To be honest, I don't know that it's huge. And I like Tyler Boyd, and he's been a good player and a good slot receiver. I heard you guys talking about him yesterday. I think you were, you were dead on about it, about him just being not a guy that's going to bring you a speed element, not going to bring you much after the catch. Uh, you're not going to get the explosive plays with him. Uh, he had a few big pro- – high-profile mistakes in the Super Bowl, drop passes, running the wrong route, um, missing the second half of the AFC Championship game in 2022, which really hurt them because the Chiefs were doubling Higgins and Chase and just saying, hey, beat us with your backups at tight end and wide receiver three, and it just they couldn't get it done. Um, So I think some people have soured on Boyd a little bit, but he's been a good, reliable player. I just don't think you can get him or take him on if you need if you need the explosive plays to return to your offense, he's not going to bring it back. He's not going to do it, especially for eight, nine, ten million dollars a year. But if you have some explosive young receivers, and maybe you need to get a reliable slot guy that's going to uh, be the guy, be the leader of that room, maybe say like the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think the teams will covet Tyler Boyd. It's just there's a reason why he's projected to get eight to ten rather than what these guys fifteen to twenty five for the top receiver. Joe Goodbury, when we talk about the Bengals, 18th pick in the draft, top two needs. What do you think are the most two likely spots that they go for? Yeah, as we sit here today before free agency, obviously that'll change everything. Um, right tackle and defensive tackle. Right tackle because you need a starter, you need to protect Joe Burrow, you need to limit the amount of hits he's taking. And when he is kept clean, he is as deadly as any quarterback in the league and in recent history. His numbers are insane when he's when he's not pressured. Uh, they need to find a way to limit that as much as possible. And Jonah Williams is a free agent, and I do not expect them to find common ground there at all because of offensive linemen get overpaid in free agency, basically, and he'll get paid more out there than, than the Bengals are willing to pay him. Uh, so right tackle will be our probably betting favorite at pick 18. Uh, defensive tackle, though, losing Reader, and even if they found a way to keep Reader, 
because maybe he doesn't get the uh, offers out there with this torn quad that happened relatively late in the year. If they even if they can return bring him back, they're going to need a pass rushing defensive tackle, a three tack more than a nose tackle. And I think in the first round, if like a Jerzon Newton or a Byron Murphy are there, I think those are high end athlete athletes that you can bring in this defensive tackle room and really upgrade the talent you have there. And even without Reader, I think D tackle is, and I don't think nose tackle is going to be a first round pick at all. Uh, so you know maybe Tavondre Sweat from Texas in round two uh, makes a lot of sense to me. Very good. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, boys. Joe Goodbury on the uh, Western Hotline. Bengals on the brain. Been covering the Bengals for quite some time. Higgins stays with the franchise tag, at least, and can they get it done long-term? Right, good. I, 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 can, I can draft them high in my uh, fantasy draft coming I've up been, on Saturday. I've been raising my hand the whole time saying, every, every time I hear that they can't keep all three, I don't understand why that would be true. Especially if they're on different timelines. If you could sign Higgins and load up his money early and then sign Chase and push his money a little late, be fine. My my, and he kind of pointed to it too. Like we'll see if they do it long term. My sticking point on them is always just they're the cheapest team in football. And but can Burrow make them change? Yeah. Can Burrow tell them like you're you're keeping him? Go offer him twenty million dollars. Go do the deal he wants to do. He is one of uh, the, the this three right here. Like you're keeping this together. I signed up here with, you know, the impression that we were going to be chasing Super Bowls. You're not going to go cheap that, on T. Higgins because you want to structure it a different way than every other team in the league does. That said, if we were talking about that scenario, there'd be plenty of merit to uh, let him walk and draft one. Stay cheaper. F- a Man. fourth and a fifth year option. Like Higgins doesn't have a fifth, as a second round pick. Higgins doesn't have a fifth year option. If he did. Here's a great point between the difference between the first pick of the second round and the last pick of the first round. If he has a fifth-year option, you are paying him this year, like, what, like 15? Yeah. 20? No, under that. What's a fifth-year option for, for a receiver that's made one Pro Bowl? Has he made a Pro Bowl? Probably. But it's um, not. I just had his spot track page open. Fifth-year option for T. Higgins this year? What, what would it be for a receiver? Because he doesn't get a fifth-year option because he's a second-round second pick. pick. right? Um... I'll find that. I've got, I've got yeah, Spot Trek's fifth year option page. Or, 16, oh, I see sixteen point eight for last year. Okay, there you go. Under the franchise tag, yeah, considerably. Yeah, lower than the franchise tag for sure. Eight hundred three hundred five fifty. Pick of the week coming up. Got seventeen point nine. Okay, there you go. Seventeen point nine. So about five million dollars less. What's the franchise tag for receiver this year with the window opening in twenty twenty or twenty twenty on February twentieth? Is what I was trying to say. Franchise tag for wide receiver is still the number two franchise tag in the league. I just see projected north of 20. All right. That's all I see. 803-0550 to join us and one 888 Pick of the week when we get back. Um, the Bengals, meanwhile, are the third favorite to open the season at Arrowhead on kickoff night. Hmm. Chargers and Ravens ahead of them in the odds and who will play in Kansas City for the opener. It's Jeremy and Joe on WGR. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. In your life have you seen anything like that? Vern Longquist on the call of Tiger's iconic shot at 16 at Augusta. Mm-hmm. 
Way back when? That would have been 2000... 2005. Okay, wow, that long ago. Almost 20 years. He has announced this will be his last Masters tournament. Vern. Legend. Legend. Absolute legend of the game for the Masters, for college basketball, for Happy Gilmore. Right. Yes. Happy. He he's the he leans over and goes, "Who the hell is Happy Gilmore?" Yeah, that's right. Absolute that's legend, crazy. national treasure, Vern Lundquist, Merton Laverne Lundquist. Wow. Is he only walking away from the Masters, or is he sticking on, or is he already retired? Maybe from other stuff like SEC. Right. I guess at the CBS doesn't even have the SEC anymore. Yeah. Um. So maybe this is it. I mean, he's 83. He's so fantastic. The best. Yeah. One of the best to ever do it. Could that be his most legendary call? The there, Tiger Chip? There's, there's. If you go to his Wikipedia page, they've got a lot of them listed. Like his there's, iconic calls? I think of Yes Sir, which would have been a call for a jackpot, right? Um, some of, okay, they've got that one. They've he, got. He calls the kick six for Alabama or Auburn, Auburn Alabama, Alabama, doesn't he? That was the one I thought of. The Iron Bowl, yeah. Even though the call I think of for that play is not Vern Lundquist doing it, although his call was good too. One of my favorite calls ever is the Auburn play by play man just shouting, Auburn's going to win the football game over and over. But I'm looking at the list now too. That's up there. The. Eh, that's that's going to be pretty tough to top the Tiger Chip. The Wikipedia says that in broadcasting circles, Lundquist is affectionately known as the Golden Goat. The Golden Goat. The Golden Goat. Hmm. He worked with John Madden, his broadcasting partners. He has worked with Summerall, Madden, Nance, Musburger, okay. Gary Danielson, Terry Bradshaw, Dan Fouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, just absolute legend. This is, uh, he's only oh, still wow. doing golf, by the How way. How about this? You want, you want some of his most iconic calls? Yeah. He's got the Leitner shot against Kentucky. Wow. Really? Yep. That's pretty good, too. His, his, he just shouts, uh, yes. yes his, right? his thing is, has often been, yes. Yes. Yep. yep. Vern Lundquist. We're going to make Vern, Vern Lundquist's final Masters broadcast, the pick of the week. Pick of the week brought to you by Riverfront Auto Sales. Pick of the week from Riverfront, the 2018 Cadillac CTS. If you want luxury, performance, safety, and stylish, then this CTS is for you. Check it out now at RiverfrontAutoSales.com or call my friends Marty Sr. or Marty Jr. at 886-1626 for Riverfront Auto Sales. Cheers to Vern and to his uh, 40th and final Masters appearance. Looking at this list, I want to put him on the Mount Rushmore of play-by-play. Oh, yeah. Pretty pretty darn good. Who else you put everything? I want to put Kevin Harlan there. I think Kevin Harlan's as good as Kevin it gets. Harlan. Kevin Harlan, Vern Lundquist, Al Michaels, Nance, and I've never been. I've I like Nance enough. I've just never been the biggest Nance guy. Not enough energy for me. Just need a little, a little bit more. You know, he he lives on like a six. Sometimes I want a ten. I think I might like Nance more than Al Michaels. Is that blasphemy? Wow. I mean, Al Michaels has the miracle of ice. He does. Maybe it's also recency bias with Al Michaels. I feel like he hasn't put because out because he doesn't best. care about Amazon anymore. <laughs> um, He's been accused of mailing it in. He he has. Those are that's probably your final debate though. Yeah. Eight oh three oh five fifty and one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. If you'd like to join us, Jeremy and Joe on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest five G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.